This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is dipietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining us right now, he's the managing editor at anchorrising.com. It is our friend, Justin Katz. And Justin, let's start off. Boy, there was a lot of hype around this, this whole business of the uh, governor rolling out his education plan. And he did it in Newport. It, kind of bizarre apparently wouldn't talk to the media afterwards uh the media's uh, governor seemingly is kind of going in the bunker a little bit but i want to just start off before then we talk about the scathing um hard-hitting to me column that dan mcgowan of the boston globe wrote but just your general impression of governor mckee and all this hype of trying to roll out that he has this uh plan that he feels rhode island is going to catch massachusetts by 2030 as far as uh performance in our public schools well it was a lot of a lot of hype he got the impression he started with the slogan and the idea of a press conference where he wouldn't take any questions and then then it went downhill from there i mean that's basically what he delivered there's no real plan to it there's no substance it's just a you know learn 365 ri he, he has a headline and he expected kind of great i guess great coverage for the fact that he cares about education or something and it's it's kind of hard to understand difficult to understand and especially uh, not taking questions it's like he's setting himself up for failure i mean the press over and over again in the past 10 years in rhode island in particular has shown they 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 don't react well when that happens when you storm off and don't take any questions because that's their job they need content and so i don't know who's conceiving of this it's almost like i don't know i we're getting a great example of somebody who is not very good at politics and who is relying very, very much on pure politics, getting the headlines, doing some slogans, a little marketing and not doing anything of substance. And that's especially with with education. I mean, he he became mainly known around the state for his mayoral academies and kind of education reform and this being a strong issue for him. And he's so there it's not you don't get additional pass for doing nothing and just having a slogan. You actually people expect more of you. And I don't I just don't think he gets it and i amazingly he doesn't seem to have anybody helping him out who gets it either no not at all and justin as far as his quote this is the governor's education plan he can you know all he wants about we're going to catch massachusetts the bottom line is this this whole business is what he rolled out is it's it's an after-school plan and all right so you don't want such a, a gap in in the summertime as far as learning and more activities. But you and I both know as long as he stands as a prisoner to the teachers unions, they're not, to me, this isn't even like a real attempt to try to, to try to overhaul and improve the education system. He, he still won't confront the 800 pound gorilla, which is the powerful teachers union. Instead, talk about a white flag of surrender. Oh, we're just going to introduce afternoon activities. So we don't have to, it's like he's giving up that there's going to be any learning between what you know eight thirty to two thirty. Well, it's actually kind of worse than that because and and you can yeah. kind of see how this would sound like a decent idea. You know, sitting a bunch of politicos sitting around in a boardroom or something with nothing to do on a Wednesday afternoon. They this kind of a program is excellent for generating more union jobs for generating more handouts to special interests who have some kind of program. That I mean, it's almost it's in line with sort of the universal pre-k kind of move where we're really they're just adding to the labor unions uh number of members the more teachers they need this that's more what this is to me than than a reform and a challenge so i i i would wager that his people actually thought that this was something of a give me to his his special interest backers uh which you could we couldn't even get that far and the media couldn't even get that far because there's so little substance to it but it's and it and it's taking federal money and trying to get 
communities and towns to to put their own money forward for this sort of thing. It's almost like he was trying to get give give a gimme to his people without having any plan that might upset people and without coming up with any new funding for it. It's just it's just all around a terrible terrible idea and I, I don't know who said let's go live with this and try to get a couple good headlines it's just it was it was had faceplant written all over it it really did folks again our segment is politics this week with us is justin katz managing editor anchorising.com we're just talking about governor mckee with a lot of hype and even you know going down to do it at newport and this business uh justin that we're going to catch massachusetts by 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 23 and rolling out these plans. Um, I, I, it's funny, Justin, I'm going to go back to, and it, it was actually Kalis who on the campaign trail last fall said that the mayor of mayor McKee or maybe even Lieutenant governor, definitely mayor would not recognize, uh, you know, governor McKee, uh, but just the approach in education, which is, you know, nothing of rocking the boat and nothing to do it. Now, conversely, I, I miss when Ed Acorn would write, I thought, some very powerful editorials in the Providence Journal. I, I would watch how people reacted, especially those at the State House, um, when, when the Providence Journal, you know, up until just a couple of years ago, but when they would come out with a powerful editorial, it, it had impact. And I, I would even argue that, that they played a big role in 2014 with uh, Buddy Cianci falling short with his you know attempt to make a comeback to be the mayor of Providence again. But I don't, I don't recall something as scathing as what we saw with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe uh, in writing, basically, you know, that's it. That's the plan. This is your plan that you've come out with. And he, he had a, some great lines uh, and it was scathing, but I think one of the more powerful ones was, you know, the full McKee on display where he basically just starts blaming others and pointing fingers otherwhere. Uh, elsewhere. I'm curious your thoughts on the, the Dan McGowan. I, I consider it like a takedown of Governor McKee and his, quote, education plan. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I like that you brought up at Acorn and the Providence Journal, how they used to cover this stuff. Because what struck me with Dan McGowan in the, the Boston Globe is you, you could almost see McKee getting upset and thinking, people I know are going to read this. And I think that yes. that's even even if the Providence Journal does not have a huge readership or, or, or following or, or influence, um, even if it didn't at the time, everybody in Rhode Island knew that everybody who they cared about would probably come across that or at least see the headline, maybe skim it. And so that gives it a power over over politicians that we, we lack because the media is so kind of in bed and on board with everything the media, the uh, government officials are doing around here. And so it's it's definitely refreshing to see something like this. And I think the, to me, McKean, most most should be concerned about the line where where Dan McGowan said basically said this is McKee staying true to his brand. Yes. I mean that's that's poison for McKee. You are now branded as this guy. It's not even just a bad idea. It's not just right. a, a misstep. It's this is you. You're just doing you, McKee. You're terrible. And that that ought to really concern him if if people in the media are starting to think that way, which goes back to what makes him think storming off and not taking questions is going to work? It's it's he's got to heal his relationship with the media after years of attacking them whenever they said anything slightly negative about him. And he's just not apparently seeing that he's reacting like like a child, I think. And seemingly with no intention to from I did talk to Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe last week. I think he mentioned that that there were two news entities that didn't get, uh, I think, even the information he was going to try to put out. And one was the Boston Globe and the other was Channel 12, of which he's a war at. You know, in breaking late, someone sent to me that over the course of the weekend, I guess Dan York still has some late night show uh, on Fox Providence, I think. Uh, I don't know if it's on Channel 12, but I think it's on Fox Providence. But he, he, he admitted he worked on the McKee campaign last fall. That's a first. And his guest over the weekend, I'm sure they tape it like on Thursday or Friday, but was was Governor Dan McKee. So that's and I just came across it, Justin, otherwise I would have got it to you ahead of time. Someone sent it. So so that's where he's, you know, that's what he's now at the level he's at. He, he won't sit down for an interview with Channel 12 or the Boston Globe, but instead he's going on. And I, I'm actually surprised Channel Fox Profits allowed this. That that that's the forum now where Governor McKee is seeking out 
with uh, you know his, uh, his fellow pal from from Cumberland, and then someone who actually even volunteered and worked on the on the campaign. But Justin, yeah, I I think you're exactly right. And and what I I also just want to point out to people, and again, folks, our segment is politics this week. I think it was also, I mean, I I for years have tried to still be supportive of the Providence Journal, but I think this also highlighted. Um, what Dan McGowan wrote, which was, I, I thought it was also, by the way, right on the money, very constructive criticism of, of Governor McKee and especially the, his education plan. But it was such a contrast to Mark Patinkin. Um, they they had another, like, you know, fluffy, hogs and coffee milk type of piece on Arlene Violet, who then ended up, I don't know what to make of that whole thing, where then she didn't even run. But what to me, what a contrast. You know, here's the Globe writing you know, really smart, accurate depiction uh, and very critical of the sitting governor compared to now the Providence Journal that that then just resorts to one of those, what I would call like a coffee milk and quahog type piece on Arlene Violet. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's kind of Mark Patenkin's role. But the, the, yeah. so the real the real problem is they don't have anybody else Good point. To, to do You're like right. a Dan McGowan type of thing. Yeah, that's just I mean, that's just bad, just bad management from the Providence Journal all around. It people is. like to people like to blame the national companies that come in and lay people off. But what I try to tell them is, you know, if the alternative is zero jobs, laying a few people off or offering them early retirement is preferable. I mean, so but it's a lot of these decisions, I think, come from the, the local the reporters and the people who have been influ- influential with the newspaper. I think that's a lot of it. And I, I think that frequently when I see people like Mike Stanton or, or Scott McKay out there mouthing off their far left progressive partisan Democrat lines, like these are the people who brought the province journal to its knees, I think. And so I think they've got, they've got nobody, they won't even accept somebody like an Ed Acorn at this point. And that that's a real problem. And I mean, the Boston Globe, I, I doubt they would hire somebody like me, you or an Ed Acorn either, but at least right. they've got Dan McGowan, who's younger and, and has, has some integrity and will look at other sides and has looked honestly yeah. at the education as an issue. And that that's kind of, that almost makes him a far right conservative in today's news market. But the so, but I think the the big issue for the Boston Globe is to them, Rhode Island is like an experimental. Let's see if we can have a satellite. So they don't really care. We, we don't need to kiss the the governor's butt. Like the province right. probably feels, and like it's they working. Do. Right, you know, and, it's and, working. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, but the Providence Journal, I, as I reminded people for 15 years, they're unionized, their reporters, under the AFL-CIO. So they're they're right yeah. in line with the entire power base of the state. And so it's, it's very easy to see how, even without directives going down the pike, you could get people feeling like, well, he's on our team. And I can't really say, even if it's subconscious. So I think that's a problem for for. Providence Journal and, and some of the other news stations. And I do want to say, I think some of it goes back to Raimondo. I mean, part of the shift, it was, I think yeah. part of the shift was the Trump era and reporters feeling like they had permission now to ignore people they didn't like. But part of it was Raimondo, who I, I know from comments that I heard from from local journalists, would would do, would would hint to reporters, oh, why are you interviewing that person I don't like? Hmm, you know, and that that kind of, so she would manipulate them as well. I think that became part of the, that atmosphere here. And McKee, I don't know if he's just not as good at it or, or what, but he, he seems to think he should receive that same kind of deference and he doesn't. Folks, quick break, much more head politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com right here on the John DePietro show. Our segment is. Get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 25 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating. Call for a free estimate today 401 732 1730. J. Perry Paving. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J. Perry Paving, a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs. No matter how big, how small, contact them today for a free quote, 401 732 
1730. What a difference it makes for your driveway, for your business, parking lot, J, letter J, J Perry Paving, 401-732-1730, online at jperrypaving.com, and look for them on Facebook. Politics this week with us, Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. So, Justin, uh, last week, it was it was unusual. I don't recall anything like this, but we, we certainly had a several days. It's obviously dry. It was very extreme heat. And Rhode Island experienced, I believe, some of the worst burning and fires. Uh, Governor McKee, the, I, it almost seemed they were caught flat-footed about it. They weren't sure how to try to harness it. Granted, it was, an, it was really, at one point, there were fires kind of sprinkled around the state. But then you had um, a, a serious burn going on in Exeter. But, you know, so then he's trying to, to me, just pull like a Joe Garrahy and and uh, in, and then they weren't sure how to harness the emergency element of it. But I, I'm just curious your take on how the McKee administration handled these uh, fires. They certainly weren't the California fires, that's for sure. But still, nonetheless, you could see the smoke all over and. And there was uh, quite a bit of acreage that was burned and so forth. But just I'm just curious how you feel the McKee administration handled these these fires. Well, I, I don't think they got much much leverage out of it, which is, is no. probably a good thing. But I think one of the things and maybe I mean, it's it's, cha- it's challenging to comment on objectively because I, I've just got such that the narrative that Dan McGowan was talking about with McKee, that he's just a bumbling fool who doesn't know what he's doing politically or practically. But um, he, you just get the feeling like he feels like he ought to be benefiting from it. And yet, you know, it's it's being addressed without him there's not really much he can do or has to do so he's it's almost it's almost feels like he's inserting himself where he doesn't necessarily have to be uh it's it's different you know in a, a snowstorm blizzard hurricane kind of thing where large numbers of rhode islanders are affected here you've got a, a problem in the state but it's not as if people need to be directed you know a handful of people were told to evacuate I, I gather but you're not talking about providence or something like that where there's huge logistical issues to doing that so it's it's almost like he didn't have much of a role and couldn't couldn't really insert himself into it and part of that's just not having people in place who can take care advantage of it i mean to go back to dan mcgowan one of the things he pointed out in education is mckee hasn't appointed a chair of the education board similarly you know he he doesn't have a strong cabinet and that's one way for example we saw with Raimondo taking advantage of covid right she she picked the cabinet put them front and center made them the people who were managing the story i didn't really see that with mckee it's almost like here's something going on in the state i'm kind of helping out and that's really as far as it went which i mean arguably is how it ought to have gone but politically yes. i don't think it did much to him for him you know justin and i want to just stay with this theme just because i think we're the only ones talking about it and folks i'm talking about you have a governor this is a full-fledged war that he is at with the local media i know the local media really won't write about it There's certainly a lot of whispering you really also sometimes pick up on it uh twitter to me is the main place but i don't think people understand you have um you know we're paying high salaries for people in these pr jobs in these communication roles within his administration he has people on the payroll he he just was sworn into office in january it started with he, he was blaming channel 12 for the you know the fbi probe for the ILO contract, then he really went after uh, the Globe. It started with the Channel 12 thing. Then he really went after the Globe last fall. That, as, as I've talked about, that podcast with, with Ed Fitzpatrick, where then he was taking shots at Channel 12. He was taking shots at uh, Ed Fitzpatrick and, and obviously tell McGowan to get the story right. But we're, we're talking about a, story, a, a governor right now. It is, I, I would argue, Justin, it's part of his job to have a working relationship i know some people don't get that and they just have this cliche attitude towards the media but he can't individually communicate with one million people and on top of that it's as you as you and i have talked about with Ramundo hiring away a lot of the the people the the communication program outlet in the state it's a very expensive one of these people getting big salaries and they won't hand over documents there's no communication right now between him and some of the major outlets. He doesn't seem to be at as war with the Providence Journal and, and Channel 10. But this is he's almost, you know, not doing his job by 
pulling these stunts and then calls them and then disappears into a back room. And it's, it's very childish. And the guy walks around with a mage chip on his shoulder. And, but I, I want to just focus on, you know, you and I watched as governor Rundo hired away a number of the reporters of the journal and put them in high paid state, you know, roles and communication jobs, every department and cabinet position has their own person. And it's not working effectively in by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Well, I, I think it created a I mean, I found find that to be a very harmful uh, development when, when yes. all of your journalists, the highest paying career path in front of them is being hired by government. If that's the case, you're not going to be inclined to be very critical of government. Right. And I, I, So my impression is uh, this why I, I keep coming back to Dan McKee, McKee not being uh, very very politically savvy. It's almost like right. he, he wants the advantages. He thinks he deserves them. You're supposed to be kind to me as reporters because you're I'm part of your your career path here. But he doesn't he doesn't see that it's still a give and take. It's still a bit of a show. It's just he thinks that's how it works and he, he's he's not inclined to be savvy with it. And and I think that's a that's a big problem for him. He's he's just sort of he thinks he's got this ode to him, this deference and he doesn't. And it's not going to last very long if he, I mean, at some point the, the press is going to say, well, this guy's not going to be around anyway. So I'm going to, he's not, he's not part of my career path. I, I don't think he gets what's going on. What, what the structure of, of this relationship with the media is both his responsibility as governor and this political kind of co-option as I see it. And he, so he, consequently, he just reacts he, because he, he doesn't, he sees the surface of how the media interacts with other politicians, but he doesn't understand why or how to make that structured. And what's, what's shocking about it again is there's nobody with all the money he has to throw around for campaign politically and as also as governor, there's nobody who can kind of advise him as to how this is ac actually works. It's it's right. really quite, he, he ought to have, a rather than coming out and spending time on a Learn 365 or, or talking about things he is or isn't doing about fires, he ought to have a plan for, for rapprochement with the, with the media, with, with communicating with them. I think if he could get it, if he could start to think in those terms, that could be you know, the beginning of, of reevaluating for himself how he's acting as governor. But there's just, it's across the board. This is, as, as McGowan said, this is kind of his brand. And I don't think he sees it. I don't think he has any inclination to change it, which is kind of a dangerous situation for Rhode Island. Yeah. And also, I just want to get your take on, I was there last Tuesday Folks, and again, our, our segment is Politics This Week with Justin Katz. And I was in Coventry, and there was a, a terrible murder-suicide. And the man even not only killed his wife, he killed his two dogs and seemingly took his own life. But there was this one neighbor that was screaming at everyone to get off her cul-de-sac. And the police even said to her, like, come on, like, what are you talking about? They're in the street. There's a crime scene up. They were totally in control of the situation. And she then took a truck and ran it up on a neighbor's lawn. And this, it started as soon as I got there, the photographer from Channel 10, who I, I know and run into, and I see him all the time out at things. He said, there's a neighbor on the left-hand side in emotion. It's a problem. And I thought it was someone in the house. She actually lived far down the street. But anyhow, she aimed her truck right at him. The guy had to jump out of the way. If he had not moved, she would have run over his legs. And, but I, I am... I, I actually uh, have issue with the fact that Channel 10 is not pressing charges against her. I mean, we, they, we talk about like consumer advocate and, you know, you have rights and turn to 10 and all this other stuff. What, her, they, they're photographer, that is completely felony assault with a dangerous weapon. And I want people to understand because some people don't get it. If I, Tim, uh, Tim Dodd uses the expression, if, if I throw a heavy ashtray at you and you and I miss and you duck, that doesn't mean that that wasn't that that's felony assault. If I hit you, it's assault and battery. But if someone shoots a gun and misses. They still fired a gun. So I'm just curious your thoughts, Justin, on Channel 10. I, 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 I am I really think it's pretty weak that they are not bringing this woman up on charges. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, uh, I watched that clip. But, you know, it's it's it, whether they do or don't, I, I, I think I tend to agree with you, you know, that that. People need to understand, uh, but I think part of the part of the issue that needs to be remembered too is people aren't used to that. You know, out in the, out in the real world, aren't used to that sort of a 
perform you know activity on their street it's very un it can be unsettling and so I don't, I don't know what what issues this woman has or had with the journalists or just personally but uh you could see it really getting getting out of hand and how to control that is a kind of a i think a complicated question but i i, I do think it's making a little more of it would be educational for folks to, to see, yet yeah, don't behave like this. And I, di I didn't see any any coverage from anybody or other than no. you or, or news about it. I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of, I mean, I, it, it's a little bit of a, a different thing, but I one of the things I wondered with the fire in Rhode Island is people, they think it might've started with a campfire. And I thought, well, right. I if people just don't know how to behave in campfires anymore because we're not teaching that, they're not comfortable with that. They're not used yep. to seeing what you do. And I think there might be something here. So I think there's there's value, whether, whether it's pressing charges or or just providing some coverage and, and kind of the viral video of the woman, just so other people could learn when a bunch of journalists show up on your cul-de-sac, don't do this. I think that's, people don't know how to react. And understandably, and most people don't interact with the news media in that way very often. But uh, yeah, that kind of a breakdown shouldn't just be written off as, as, as if it never happened. Right. And I get that it's not pleasant, but Saturday morning, I was in Chad Brown section of Providence where a 15 year old was shot and killed in the early morning. hours was Saturday. There's police, there's press, obviously there's police tape up and not, no one came over and behaved in that manner. Of course it's unsettling, but the whole thing was unsettling that took place. But yeah. I also think it's interesting. Channel 10, they did cover when I was attacked last August with the missing person case and the guy with the RSK mask, but they don't do it. And to a story with one of their own people. Um, if that had been me and I had to jump out and she was aiming the truck at me and ran up, and she missed it by six inches. I, I'm telling you right now, I would press charges. This is ludicrous. Folks, quick break. Much more head politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors, they specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation, Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401-580-1852. Based in Smithfield, Limitless Outdoors. They also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces. Limitless Outdoors. Call them today. Free quote. Get the most of your outside. You're going to love what they can do for you. 401-580-1852. 401 580-1852 Limitless Outdoors Dream, Build, Enjoy Our segment is Politics This Week With us is Justin Katz, Managing Editor AnchorRising.com Justin, I'm curious, um, and I, I, we normally don't But I'd like to give you a chance to weigh in On that whole Bud Light Controversy uh, Where their sales, uh, they're literally losing Billions of dollars, to me they absolutely have the right to do whatever type of commercial spokesperson they want. There's a flip side to that. There's two sides of that coin. And the public has a right to then decide they don't want to buy the brand. Uh, what is your thought on that very weak apology from Anheuser-Busch? Yeah, well, I think the, the big missing part was we just fired everybody involved with this. I mean, they're, they're putting out yeah. rumors that that. Nobody, nobody at the high level of executives knew about this. Well, if that's the case, it's even more reason to fire all those people. I don't know to me, it's it's evidence that we we've really watched seeing the kind of woke radical campus going out into the workplace now, and we've trained an entire generation that this is what you do. They're they're revolutionaries. There's no there's no common ground. You can't just sell beer and try not to be controversial. You can, you have to you have to support the farthest radical. Um, revolutionary ideas and the social movement. That's just what you have to do. And everything must be political. Uh, and, and there's, there's no need to, to investigate whether your, your client base is going to be into this. Uh, you, there's no reason to say, how does this affect our brand? Do a six month to one year study and, and make sure everybody at the highest levels understands that you're changing the nature of your brand. I think that's a, that's a dangerous, uh, dangerous development out there. And I think it's, 
very healthy that uh, a company like Bud Light is is giving this this big example. Uh, when when somewhere I saw and I wrote about it on Echo Rising, the the a lot of these sort of cons- what you might call conservative boycotts and reactions don't get the traction they otherwise would if they were progressive because they get suppressed. And if you look at yeah. the local media in Rhode Island, you can see it. The Providence Journal, nothing about this. Uh, Boston Globe, nothing about this. WPRI has a had a story last I checked about um, Kid Rock shooting some Bud Light cans, but it was is is the cliche of you know when when Republicans do something bad, it's the the story is about the Republicans. When Democrats do something bad, the story is about how Republicans responded to it, and that's so that's what you see. And so it's it's nice to see something like this catch on a bit and actually have an effect. Whether it'll last, I don't know. I mean, we're, at this point, corporations are pretty well saturated with these woke people. But if they were smart, they would start getting rid of them. And every now and then, you see a headline of a company doing the the opposite and saying, "Look, we're here to do what we do." <laughs> We're not here to be revolutionaries. We're not right. here to f- further the Marxist cause. Uh, it, it'd be good if we saw more of that. And I think um, we will if, if more companies start to start to have to fall to fall apart like this or, or have these take these huge visible hits. And I think one one last point I, I wrote about on Anchor Rising is we see this with Bud Light, but this is exactly what happens with any of these radical cultural movements. You yes. just don't you just don't see them take a so right. whether it's whether it's whatever it is, marriage, education, any issue where the radical change occurs, these effects happen. In, in effect, they lose their market share or they lose a bunch of money like Bud Light's doing here, but you don't see it because it's cultural and it's just slow change over time. And I think people should take that lesson as well, that this, the radicalism in this country is getting way out of hand. And this is just a symptom. Not everything has to be political and radical change it shouldn't happen radically. It shouldn't be suddenly we've decided that this is okay. Uh, you know, people to get medically changing their bodies and surgically changing their bodies and saying they're a different sex and you must accept that now or you're a bigot, that's not going to fly. And if people think, well, let this, this one go, we'll let this one pass, you're just going to get something even more more challenging next time because it's it's all about this cultural revolution that our education system is, is teaching kids they have to participate in to be good people. Folks, again, our segment is politics this week. Now, Justin, you also, um, there was another mass shooting in uh, Kentucky last week, and you you mentioned and drew attention to uh, the reaction from Congressman Seth Magaziner with his tweet. If you would just touch on that, yeah. Well, it's you know going back to the education and how we're training kids. You know, he puts out a chart that shows this huge jump in 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 de- gun deaths in the past two since 2019, and it's exactly the kind of chart I would show to show that gun laws have nothing to do with it because there was basically no change for 20, 30 years. You know, at a, during a time when when the assault weapons ban went away, and then suddenly since 2019, there's this huge upswing, like a hockey stick graph. That if if anybody who knows how to use a chart should look at that and say, uh, Seth, I don't think this this shows what you think it shows. And I, I disappointingly, I think. I haven't seen anybody. I haven't seen any news media or either on social media or in their articles saying, yeah, this, this, what happened in 2019? I mean, that's the relevant question. We have an inflection point where around 2019 to 2020, something happened and suddenly gun deaths started going up in, according to this chart. Nobody seems to care. They're just what, what actually happened. I mean, I have my opinions. I think it had to do with COVID. I think it has to do with uh, the anti-cop stuff and, and, yeah. Soft on crime stuff. I think there's I think it has to do with the radical change of our culture that's leaving people kind of hopeless and meaningless. I, th- I think those things contribute, but you don't get any stories about it. Instead, everybody just goes along with Seth Magaziner saying, oh, we must crack down on guns to stop this increase. Well, no, the guns were there before. Yeah. What what changed? And it's 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 so disappointing to me because. It, it what it suggests is that progressives can do all the harm in the world and then blame the harm on the, the next thing they want to go after. And it's just this wash repeat kind of uh, approach that they have. And it, it seems to be working mainly because I think people are maleducated and our news media is just not interested in digging into anything that might undermine their, their political beliefs. You know what, one thing it, it just, it, I want to touch on just briefly, Justin, but the, you, you don't hear, there's never a talk, there's never a mention, I should say, by any public officials 
about poor choices and, and poor choices and the consequences, such as, and I'll just give two quick examples, and I think it kind of ties in together. Now, listen, it is tragic and sad that a, a 15-year-old was shot and killed in Providence, but the shooting took place at 2.30 in the morning, quarter or three. No one even breached, you know, broaches the fact that should, should a 15-year-old really be out somewhere 2.30 in the morning, quarter or three? Uh, three weeks ago, coming down Broad Street, there was a 21-year-old and a 20-year-old passenger, and they were killed. They slammed into a, a, a car on an ATV. So, you know, they blamed the vehicle. But this was someone that didn't have a motorcycle license, wasn't registered. There's no light on the bike. What no one wants to mention was that that was a very poor decision-making to get on that bike. And then they're weaving in and out of traffic with neither one of them had helmets on. And then they, it cost them their life. So I, they, there's never any talk about the, the the choices it immediately becomes a gun you know they said that on saturday we're gonna get these guns off the street they don't talk about you know maybe maybe it's it's not proper that someone that young uh should be out late at late at night like that i'm also curious um over the course of the weekend i i came across it that and i sent it to you but um aaron ruggenberg did an interview with with bill bartholomew with his podcast and and the quote that was put out was he said ruggenberg said i I'm a progressive, but I'm also a patriot. And it was such a backlash because the people were trying to jump. And he was like, let me clarify that. What I regard it as a political gaffe, which is when someone accidentally tells the truth. Progressives, traditionally, they are like, you know, you don't stand for the flag. They don't do the Pledge of Allegiance. You see, sometimes they don't have the hand over their heart. So I just wanted to get your thought. And then they, Bartholomew, I, I guess I misquoted him. But it, it, it's comical to me of how they were doing backflips once they realized that, that, that you know, whether it's Bernie Sanders AOC, a lot of that crowd, let's face it, they are, you know, America's the evil empire and all this other stuff. Well, I mean, it doesn't even have to be that radical. I'm, even when Barack Obama was running for, for president the first time, he said, we're, we're just days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. That's right. well, you don't fundamentally <laughs> transform something you love. You don't, you don't go home and say, honey, I, I think I'm going to fundamentally transform you so that I can tolerate you. That's not something you say to somebody you love or something you love. And so I think whether, whether he said but or and, I mean, uh, clearly Bartholomew thought he was correctly characterizing the spirit. Yeah. was saying, in contrast to those other progressives, I'm a patriot, which I don't believe, frankly, and which nobody really should believe. But it's it's that's par for the course for kind of progressivism. And you, you see this in the hypocrisy, whether it's, you know, social issues or riots. January 6th is the worst thing ever, but burning down streets, nothing, that's no problem. Uh, you know, that it's just whatever they need to say to say, they'll say. And it's just they, it's all about their cause. So it doesn't matter. You, you'll go around saying this country's founded in racism and it's terrible. And I guess it has potential, but it's not very good right now. Oh, but I'm a patriot when I need to be, when I'm trying to get some votes and that's my messaging. So there's no real, what, what makes it comical is that the other progressives can't really fall, come come down on it too hard because they're playing the same game where they'll, oh, well, I'm a patriot too. How dare you say that? Well, yeah, but I still hate the country, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's it's really how more people don't see through it is is a mystery to me. And one, just finally, um, and I find this comical, I don't know this individual at all. He's a Jamestown business person. For what I understand, he's been very generous with the Rhode Island Democrat Party. He believes in all the causes. He's decided to throw his hat into the ring with CD1. And Justin, I, I would like to, and I just, you know, watch his reaction, what he thinks about the party now, April. Watch how he feels after the primary in September. Because I, I and again, I don't know this individual. I wish him well. But he's about to find out there's a world of difference of we'll take your checks. We appreciate your support. But no one told you you were supposed to enter into the fray and run for office. Watch the way this guy, see how he feels after he's gone through the process. And, uh, and especially in, in a situation where they, they like to appoint someone, uh, much like they did, you know, circling the wagons around Magaziner. And, and this guy just didn't get the memo that they were very happy to cash his, his donor checks. But he, he's about to find out you're not supposed to then just actually run for office.
That's my yeah. prediction anyway. Yeah, I think that that's probably right. Although they'll probably try to be gentle if it's with a lot of money involved. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that's right back to the Democrat progressive thing, right? It's it's everybody should be able to run. It's all about democracy. We want good yeah. ideas. Well, wait, no, you got you need to get in line. You need here's here's our platform. Here's what you have to sign on to. There's no disagreement. There's no this or that or the other thing. So hopefully, you know, hopefully he'll he'll learn and and be vocal about it. I mean. There's a lot of a lot of young people. The, the only hope we have, I think, is that young people often grow up a little bit and realize they were lied to. So maybe maybe he'll have that kind of reaction too once he's been through the ringer a bit. Folks, again, our segment politics this week. He is Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorizing.com. Justin, excellent job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. Always a pleasure. This portion of the John DePietro Show, it's brought to you by Lawn Doctor, your best lawn ever guaranteed. And I can tell you with my own experience what a fantastic job they did and have done with my lawn. The easiest thing to do is log on to their website. It's LawnDoctor.com. LawnDoctor.com. Put in your zip code, your best lawn ever guaranteed it's lawn doctor of rhode island you can call them 401-392-1025 but log onto their website lawndoctor.com you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com uh the events that have taken place regarding this national guardsmen folks it is it's disgraceful heads should roll uh this is someone by the way he is he is a traitor i don't know if he should be executed but he should certainly spend the rest of his life in prison but it's also frightening we we have a we have a major problem and i'm gonna i'm gonna go through some of the sound of this and i know people are trying to sort out uh what all this means but the the virtue of the fact this is espionage you, you can't have someone taking classified documents. We have a problem right now. Classified documents and also our intelligence. You know, there's a lot of different things, and, and a lot of it's not positive the way there's attacks on FBI and the government. Now, again, all of these things, something like this, this doesn't, this certainly doesn't help the situation. This goes also into what I believe, I, as I have been saying, I don't believe that President Biden is going to seek another i don't think he's going to seek another term in office i know he he's giving the impression he will but if you really see what's going on you know the economy is not expected not exactly rolling smoothly here things are definitely ramping up with china russia um his the, the this is completely inexcusable about this document leak uh leak and more importantly, this is someone. What? 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 Why would someone like that have access to classified information? And they, they need. He needs to be made an example of. Now, I'm very disappointed to see someone like a Marjorie Taylor Greene try to come to his defense and all this stuff about the Biden regime and why are we in Ukraine and oh, that 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 is not the point. You can't have that. Is he is doing the work. We don't know where a lot of this info may have ended up. And I also want to be very clear. This is absolutely disgraceful that the New York Times, seemingly, they were able to locate this individual faster than uh, our, our own intelligence community. Now, I know so many people like to do the what about. And I get that. Like, what about the leak of Roe and that type of... I, I, I get that. And, and it is... it is. I agree with that. It is ridiculous. They supposedly can't find who did that. But I, I am appalled and shocked that some of the people right now that are actually trying to run cover for this guy. And, you know, it's because he's a Christian. And it's because he's white. And the, none of that, I mean, none of that makes sense. And none of that has anything to do with, with what we're talking about. This Air National Guardsman uh, arrested in the connection. Now, I want to play some of the sound that exists, this Jack Texera, Jack the Dripper. What? And, and by the way, also fantastic coverage. Channel 5 in Boston, they had the overhead shot of him with a, 
the helicopter. So I want to play. This is a, a full piece on it, and I mean it. I, I am appalled at various people that are trying to run cover, and, you know, they are acting. Oh, this is Biden's the enemy here, and the Biden regime, and, like, what are you talking about? This is the United States of America that we're talking about. All right, here it is. FBI agents surrounded the Massachusetts home of 21-year-old Jack Teixeira yesterday. He is due at that federal courthouse in Boston this morning. And we are there live. Our team is covering all the angles, including with the president overseas. Our chief global affairs anchor, Martha Raddatz, starts us off. Good morning, Martha. Good morning, Michael. The FBI moved carefully to carry out this arrest. They knew this Air National Guardsman was familiar with weapons and had military training. But Teixeira seemed to know his time was almost up. This morning, the young man authorities say could be responsible for leaking hundreds of top-secret documents now in custody. An FBI SWAT team outfitted in full tactical gear surrounding the New England home of 21-year-old Jack Teixeira, a low-ranking enlisted airman and IT specialist for the intelligence wing of the Massachusetts Air National Guard. Aerial cameras capture him as he appears to wait on the deck reading a news helicopter overhead as the agents move in. Later, walking down the driveway in gym shorts and a T-shirt, agents order him to turn around and slowly walk back towards the armored vehicle with his hands on his head, and then they quickly handcuff him. The Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. Investigators say the arrest comes after an intense week-long manhunt and less than 24 hours after the Washington Post published an interview with a teen who said he was part of a chat group with the young man who leaked the documents. The teen did not identify the man. He was a young, charismatic man who loved nature, God, who loved shooting guns and, and racing cars. He did see himself as the leader of this group, and he ultimately he was the leader of this group. The team said that starting last fall, the man who called himself OG posted hundreds of pages of classified documents to impress his friends oh. in the invitation-only group on Discord, a chat website popular with young gamers. I would not call OG a whistleblower in the slightest. I don't think that there was a goal nor some sort of accomplishment that he was looking for in sharing these documents. Of course, there's some anti-government se uh, sentiment, but that's not unlike most right-wingers in the modern day and age. When the story of the leaks grew, the teen said OG felt like the end was near, signing off of the group for the final time just a few days ago. He was just saying that this may be the last he ever sees of us and... He was thanking us for all the good times that we had together and hoping that everything would blow over. The Pentagon now facing hard questions about why the 21-year-old airman had access to such closely guarded secrets. It is important to understand uh, that we do have stringent guidelines in place for safeguarding classified and sensitive information. This was a deliberate criminal act. The Secretary of Defense has now ordered a review of who has access to classified material and how it is handled. And, of course, they're still looking at the ongoing problem of just how much damage this massive leak of material has caused. George? Inexcusable. Absolutely inexcusable. All right. It continues now about um, then the fallout in the court case as well. Let me um, – I want to go to that. And Aaron – how will things unfold at that courthouse today? He's going to make an initial appearance here at some point today, George, after the FBI said Jack Teixeira betrayed the country and put national security at risk. What he's exactly charged with isn't yet known, but if Teixeira is ultimately charged under the Espionage Act, he could be looking at decades in prison. Good. And whatever he's initially charged with Good. today is unlikely to fully reflect the depth of his alleged crimes or the damage caused by leaking 
classified defense information online. That's still being assessed. The Justice Department began its criminal investigation last week, but investigators were still searching his home late into the night looking for more evidence. They're also working to determine a motive. Was it ego or glory-seeking or maybe something more sinister? And though he was arrested here in Massachusetts, Teixeira is ultimately likely to be prosecuted in Virginia because much of what was leaked originated at the Pentagon. George. Okay, Aaron, thanks. Complete, complete disgrace. Let me hear one more piece. Exactly, George. And I have been told that the president has been briefed on the arrest, though he hasn't commented yet on it directly. Biden did break his silence, though, yesterday on the leaks, and he downplayed their impact. He is arguing that while the leaks themselves are concerning, that the information that is being put out there is outdated. But there is no question the administration is deeply concerned about the national security implications here. The Pentagon, we know, is already taking steps to restrict and limit who has access to this kind of deeply sensitive material. And the administration has been reaching out to top officials around the world to try and contain the fallout of this, though the president is keeping a distance from those conversations. George, we are told this has not come up in any of his meetings here. What else is on the president's agenda today? The president today is continuing the final day of his cultural tour of his ancestral home. Today is purely personal, George. The president continuing to trace his roots, culminating with a speech later today in front of the cathedral that his great-great-great-grandfather sold bricks to to help build. That money helped to fund the family's move to the U.S., where they settled in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And, George, you know the rest from there. Bit of a homecoming. Okay, Mary, thanks very much. Now, I believe, folks, as I said... Uh, earlier. See, I think this is one of the things you do when you're president and you're not going to be seeking a second term. You go through your list. What are the types of trips and things you'd like to do as president? And I think one of them for President Biden, for lack of a better phrase, but like a bucket list was I want to visit Ireland as president, much like President Kennedy did. Um, It's just a completely different trip and experience and i think it's one of those things the opportunity is there the window is there check it off i think it goes the whole summer and then into the fall suddenly that's just what i think is going to happen i don't think he's going to seek another four years and that'll set off a scramble and as you saw or maybe you've heard so former rhode island governor now commerce secretary gina Raimondo gets has her pr team fired up and she was she's now listed time magazine one of the most influential people uh in the world and of the year i also believe you're going to see more profiles on her you're going to see maybe something like on a 60 minutes um i think regardless what some people think of her rhode island commerce secretary gina raimondo sees the window of opportunity i believe she is one of those people that would toss her hat in the ring if president biden announced he's not seeking um another term i believe and even if you don't get that i could see some kind of democrat gavin newsom the governor of california he would like to run and i could almost see it would almost be like a bi-coastal thing right she's from rhode island he's from california governor of california governor of rhode island i could see maybe vp slot or maybe other way around but I, I, these, this, these things are not accidents. It's just this just didn't happen that she's listed as one of the most influential people uh, with Time Magazine. That that tells me she has her PR term team, excuse me, cranked up and ready to go. That's how I see it. You are listening to the John DePietro Show.